So, this is Bike Tribe, episode 107, and we got a female content creator on deck who likes to style and profile with her tech content, baby. We got a tech fashionista in the building, and she's coming up next on Bike Tribe, which starts now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech. And welcome back to another episode of Fight Drive. This is the podcast about tech hosted by the man about tech. And today we are bringing in a creator who likes to style and profile with her tech. She is a tech fashionista. She likes all the pretty tech. So let's bring in Ethan Does Tech. Hey, Ethan, how you doing? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Also a little jealous of your setup because honestly, this whole this this versus your stuff, it's I need to fix this. I will get on it and I'm sorry for showing up this way. It's okay. This, this is the podcast. It's eventually gonna go out to audio, so your setup the setup is not a big deal. Obviously, I'm streaming from a Sony A73 and you I think you said you're mm-hmm. on your webcam, right? Yeah. So, so it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you making the time. Oh no, it, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, um, I'm stoked, and honestly, I just wanted to say also that no one really does intros like you do. All that energy is, you know. Yes, got to, awesome. got to, got to. So, first question I ask every first time guest that comes to Vibe Tribe. Ether, we need to know what brought you to YouTube. Um, that's a funny. There's no really one quick answer, but I've always been on the internet. Uh, there was Blogger and Sanga, and um, basically, I ended up growing up and then doing school. I was in law school for three years, Ooh. and then, and then, funny story. Um, I ended up realizing it wasn't what i wanted but at that point i um had worked for someone from a news network who just established his new tech website who always asked me to write for him but at that point where i was doing law school and a little lifestyle blogging on the side i said i couldn't do tech because it's not something that comes naturally to me i mean out of my friend group, I've always been the more techie girl, but that's always the asterisk, right? I'm not the techie, techie person. Mm-hmm. Eventually, when I did um, decide to stop law school entirely, um, he offered me a spot at his company, but it was still as the lifestyle editor of a tech website. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it, it just I, I just really saw the need for... Um, female representation in the tech space, also talking about tech in a more casual way, talking about tech in a way that users like me appreciate. And I've always said this, there is nothing wrong with how tech content has been presented, but there's also nothing wrong with having different priorities when it comes to tech. And different doesn't mean invalid, and that's just the voice I try to put out there when it comes to my content. so your main question really is what got me to YouTube? Well, when you already do um, content on the internet, it's just, it's something that, it's a natural progression, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
if you write, you express yourself, and then eventually you end up making these videos. And now here I am. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that, but that's cool that you made the transition from being a writer to actually doing tech video mm -hmm. because that's not an easy transition um, for anybody. I mean, a lot of things uh -huh. that stop people from making YouTube channels in the first place is that, you know, they don't like themselves on camera. They don't like their voice, mm -hmm. how their voice sounds, things like that. So was it an easy transition yeah. from you for you uh, going from writing to being on camera mm -hmm. or did you have to like, did you need time to make that adjustment? <laughs> um, so it's, I don't think it's ever easy. I forgot who told me this, but someone told me that when you get on YouTube, like it is for sure you'll be awkward in your first few videos. Like, yep. I mean, unless you're a natural and I'm not, I wasn't, and I'm still learning to this day. Um, there are so many things you need to learn, like as simple as looking into the lens. Like, of yep. course, when you're in front of a screen, you watch yourself or, yep. or, or I catch myself speaking differently when I'm on video sometimes. To this day, I still struggle with that because again, my background is tech journalism. So I was always used to thinking that if you were on video and you're presenting something, you need to be like more newscaster-like, which is what I don't want in my videos. No. I, want, like, I want fun. No. Yeah, exactly, right? But sometimes like my brain just switches and it's like, hello, good morning, welcome to my video. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, um, wow. a big, a big, yeah, a big content creator, um, what is it? Uh, a big content creator realization for me that came like, and this is late. I've I've been doing YouTube what a year or more now, but I just realized this one a month back, which is what does that say about me, right? But um, I realized that what makes you a good tech journalist doesn't make you a good content creator. So that's like it's 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 a tough pill to swallow for me because. If you cover shows and you did what I did, you just run after the big scoop, the big story, and the views will come, right? Uh -huh. That is not the case when you're on YouTube. Like, you could be the first video in the world, but someone else could pick up on your video and that could get more views if they have, like, more, like, credibility, credibility, like, YouTuber credibility is different than a journalist's credibility, you know? Right, like, right. I, you know, I am so glad that you said that because I've talked about on these uh, live streams before about how there seems to be like this divide between regular tech journalists and YouTube creators. Mm -hmm. It seems like, from my lens anyway, it seems like the regular tech journalists don't really like YouTubers because we don't have that piece of paper. We don't mm -hmm. have that journalism degree or whatever. We can just do what we want and 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 say what we want mm -hmm. pretty much. But the journalists, they have to, since they have the piece of paper, they have to adhere to like the journalistic integrity and the rules of journalism and things mm -hmm. like that. But I'm glad you just said that just because you're a good tech journalist doesn't mean that you could be uh, come on YouTube and be a good content creator. Oh, there, yeah. oh, oh, oh. there, there, there are so many different struggles that YouTubers deal Please, with. Get into it. Get, it. Don't to... get into it. Mm. Um, I mean, okay, for example, um, uh, a good like, okay. When I say it's different, it's like a whole different trap. For example, tech journalists, I mean, they get the story and they're good, you know? Mm -hmm. As a tech YouTuber, you sit down, you think about how you're gonna present this story. You think about how you're gonna fit it into your persona. Dude, okay, a simple, 
as simple as simple as thumbnail you don't really have to worry about you know and thumbnails are hard like all these filters it's it's bad like even even now i look at my youtube dashboard and i'm like what the heck is happening what like what how how does this work and like these are things that i never had to worry about as a tech journalist or even like the lifestyle editor of that website that I, I did, like it was fun, but it's a whole different ball game. And I've always um presented people saying that being a YouTuber is easy because oh my god, it is not. It is, like it's it's not. And a lot of people say that um for example, this isn't actually my first channel. I have like two other channels. One channel I just vlog on because I didn't know how to edit videos two or three years ago. So I challenged myself to post one vlog a week so I learned. But I mean, I've had that channel forever and it's what? It's like on how many subs? Like this, like it, it's, it's not easy. Aside from knowing your stuff as a YouTuber, you have to present yourself. You have to talk a certain way. You have to be able to engage with your audiences. These are so many things that people don't realize YouTubers do. Please say it again for the people in the back. Say it again for the people in the back. They need to hear this, Ethan. They need to hear this. Oh my goodness. Oh. I mean, um, I think for the most part, like I get what you're saying about uh journalists and the divide. Um, I I remember once upon a time, and it wasn't just in tech. It was like everyone. It was like bloggers versus traditional media. Mm-hmm. But I think, um. I think that if you're, because I've I've seen like, I I mean I can only speak from my um, experience here in the local um, arena. A little by little, like the more traditional journalists are getting what it is, and once you understand it, and once that divide is bridged, it's easier to be able to say, you know, I respect you. There is mutual respect with the content. But it's always so interesting to me how there are still some people who, like, for example, I did the news coverage and then I'm switching over to YouTube. But there are still some people who all of a sudden look at me and um, it seems like my switch to a, to a platform removes how legit, what legitimate experience I've gotten. Oh. Right? There are people who are like that because to them, it's like you're just playing around on the internet. And a lot of people think that being on YouTube is just sitting down in front of a camera and saying whatever. When like, you know this, literally it's nerve wracking to shoot one video. It can take out so much of you. I I was talking to somebody else about this. Like, I have done over 400 videos on YouTube, but every video, Ethan, I miss a take. I miss say a word, I fudge a word every single time and i've done it for so yeah. long now but i still mess up words and i'm pretty sure it's the same way with you no matter how many videos you shoot mm. and record you mess up your words every oh. single time and it never gets easier yeah, no, yeah. exactly um i there are days there are times when you're just having a bad day and yep. i think one of the biggest struggles that people don't realize is that you're not always on like i mean you have all this energy, but there are days when you feel tired mm-hmm. and this energy has to be forced. It's not, no one wakes up this happy and preppy every day. <laughs> Tell them. Yep. But, you're right. 
But to be able to make these awesome videos, you need to bring it. Yeah. And for you to say that YouTube is just sitting in front of a camera and talking completely doesn't get that whole part. Like I have done videos where people are like, okay, whatever, good video. Or okay, your video is okay. But without realizing that I shot the A-roll five times to get it right. Mm -hmm. You know, that I shot this part seven times to get it right. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's out there and people don't see what goes on behind it. Right. Not to mention and the that, admin stuff. You got a thumbnail, title, tag, promote. Oh my There's god! Yeah, so much of it, so much that people don't see, man. Yeah, mm. yeah dude, I'm so bad at thumbnails. To be honest, like it's only late, lately that I've been getting like a sort of um, consistent groove to my thumbnails. But because my training wasn't to be on YouTube, I've always thought do the video and then once the video is done i'd be posting it and then the thumbnail would be the afterthought which i mean you know this it's not good youtube practice for the thumbnail to be afterthought because this is the one thing that gets pushed to people so it's like this is again this is something that i never thought about like as as a tech journalist i don't think about clickbaiting i mean I say clickbait in like the normal sense, not the negative, you're lying, it's too right. much sensational clickbait, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's it's just a whole new animal. No doubt, no doubt. Now, you are in a unique situation yourself because you have a significant other that also makes tech videos on YouTube, Joshua Vergara. Yes. So, and, and, he, and you guys are, oh, it. you got his merch. <laughs> what's up, what's up? So, Joshua Joshua Fergar does tech videos. He has over 100,000 subs and things like that. But he has he has a similar experience to you in that he came from doing actual tech journalism over to doing YouTube content. Yes. So has yes. he been able to like instill any like wisdom upon you making the transition or is he like you guys like, oh, like I mean share tidbits and things like <laughs> every single day um I it's all I find it so funny because he tells me I do this every week. <laughs> on on stressy months, I do it every other day or every three days. But I I have this whole thing where I want to do so many things, but I never have enough time. And if I'm frustrated about the task in front of me, like I end up wanting to do other things and switching track, and then I feel like I never have time to do it. So I have this mini um breakdown of all the things I want to do but can. And then like so, he gets random messages from me going like. Babe, I want to build a website. Babe, I want to do my own talk show. Babe, like, and and so this whole conversation starts with the one weird thing that I want to do that I'm not doing, and then like it it all just circles back to I can't get I can't get this one thing done. And he tells me all he what he, he talks me through it, and then he tells me you know you do this like every week, right? It's okay. <laughs> and he ha- he has to reassure me that I'm doing fine, that I have to trust the process, which is something that I'm very impatient about the process. Joshua has been doing this for so long that he has learned to trust his process and the route to get to where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, like, just a quick uh, aside, Joshua and I, like, we have this dynamic in our relationship because we're polar opposites. Like, it's, he, um, how I deal with things is completely different with how he deals with his things. I think even with the energy in our personalities and our videos, you can see that like he's more of this introspective 
calm person who thinks about like meditation and worldly things like meanwhile i'm the type who will keep on running to whatever direction it is that i want to go and just like bounce back every time i hit a wall and so it it helps because it balances each other out mm-hmm. but at the same time like i remember going to joshua and just saying like okay what if I do this? Like this was when I was about to start my YouTube. I was like, what if I do this? But literally no one wants to watch me. Like, what do I do? <laughs> like, I make these videos and no one shows up. And so he tells me that, you know what? One, he will. He always will. Um, two, he says, you know, you've already done it in a different sense, right? You've already right. done the, the tech coverage, the tech work this should be easier because this is what you want and this is you talking about the tech in your own terms mm-hmm. and you know with all his help he says you know who who you're in the best possible position to be doing this and it's like i mean whether he's biased or not because i'm in a relationship with him it has helped me mentally deal with all the stress because another thing that a youtuber does not always talk about is how stressful this whole platform can be. It is basically set up for you so that every week you're in competition with yourself. Like YouTube numbers ranks your videos every time you put one out. Yep. So it all like, if you get a video that performs worse than the last video you put, it automatically feels like you're failing. So you struggle to get the next one out so that it it hits a high. Every week I look at these numbers and I'm like, I feel like I'm in a rat race with myself. It's it's good and it's bad, you know. <laughs> hey, but you're doing you're doing okay. You are doing all right. Shout out to those of y'all listening on audio only this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bike Job <laughs> with me and Ether. I appreciate you guys listening each and every week to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, donate, etc. Those links will be in the show notes. If you want to follow Ether and her exploit, her info will be in the show notes as well. So definitely go check her out. She's legit. Also, if you happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcast, no doubt. If you happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcast, please consider leaving a rating or review. I'm trying to get this podcast back into the top 200 of tech podcasts over on Apple Podcast. So please, if you can, when you have the time, leave a rating or review for Vibe Drive. It will be greatly, greatly appreciated. So for all your nerves and all your apprehensions, Ether, you have been doing YouTube for a little bit over a year, I think, and you have 22,000 subscribers. So evidently, you are doing something correctly. So my question oh, is, do you have any you. idea? I, 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 didn't, I didn't do anything. It's your numbers. Your numbers speak for themselves. Like I said, you've been on the platform for about a year. You got 22,000 and you're growing. So wh- what is the secret to your growth? What are you doing that you think that has contributed to your growth? Because um, that's pretty damn good for one year. Okay. Um, I also have to put this out there. I come from um, a country where everyone's online. So it's always perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Um because if you always compare yourself to others, one, you'll never be able to come up with content that's original to you. You know, it's that and it's, okay, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Where I'm from, the, like, it's not a lot. My numbers aren't big. I have a friend who does tech videos who hit 1 million two days ago. Shout out to Mary Bautista. She's awesome. She <laughs> does Tagalog tech reviews. She just hit a million. Okay. Congrats to her. I have another friend who 
started like what the same time I have, and he's like what on 60, 70k now. Mm, okay. Like it's amazing, but their type of content is different from my type of content. Right. And the type of people I attract are also different. So to say and to compare always that the numbers are this or that, or that the content is this or that will will only be your YouTube dashboard, you know? Right. It's like, it's what's in front of you, but it doesn't really give you the whole story and it just pits you against yourself more and it just stresses you out more. Um, but if there is anything when it comes to growth, I think it would be like to just open yourself up to what you can learn. Um, like I said, if I stuck with what I was doing when I first started this channel, AKA, I mean, not thinking about thumbnails, for example, um, I, I, I probably wouldn't have progressed from where I was. Um, it's also um, the weird problem with me is I overthink my content. Like okay. I have this weird hyper um, focus on the type of stuff I want to see. And little by little, I'm learning to let go. Because I'm soon realizing that that cord at the corner of my backdrop, which is the reason why I'm reshooting my A-roll for the seventh time today, isn't something that people will notice, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's because I have done that. And one of the best advice that I've gotten from a fellow tech creator, he's also a big one. Um, shout out to Carlo Ople, who does like sneaker vlogs. He's amazing how he does his stuff he did like one video per day even if he has a day job mm. for two years wow. so it's it's crazy but what he was telling me was that like he he sees the quality of my videos and that's awesome but you have to learn how to simplify because at the end of the day no one will look at your tech review and be like oh technically this is a good cinematic shot you know no people show up for your unique opinion, people show up for your personality, and you know it shows if you're enjoying shooting this these videos. Yes, it does. If you sit there and and you're having a tough time, it's like it it reflects on your content, and this is what I'm slowly learning. Absolutely, uh, body language it's, and everything. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your content because, like you said, your content is different from the norm in the tech space. Obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you are what I will call a tech fashionista, which means you are. I major. like that actually. Thank you. Ah, you're welcome. Um, so when I look at your content, what I see is you. I mean, obviously you're analytical about the features and things that your tech does, but you are more concerned and things like about the design and how the tech looks. I watched your LG Velvet video and you are yeah. waxed and poetic about how and how pretty it is. That's so pretty, and I think Dude. you try to. Oh you, yeah. And I think you try to fit that into like uh. Uh, lifestyle content. So talk about what you're trying to do when you make your tech video, because like I said, they're obviously different. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it's, it's, uh, um, let me start with what uh, one pointed out the last time we were on a podcast. He mm -hmm. pointed out, and I completely agree. It was, it, it, this is a, the best way I've seen anyone put it. But he was saying that, you know, I've noticed that for a lot of lifestyle users, for a lot of women, when it comes to tech, it's a culture of acquiescence, meaning nothing is really built for women. And if someone suggests this or that, they just take it because it's what's available. But 
what's wonderful is that in today's time, brands are slowly seeing that, well, guess what? 50% or I don't know the percentage, but probably near 50% of users are women, you know? It's right. like, I mean, these are jokes, right? Who do you always see viral on, on Instagram or on on, on on Snapchat with their phones always in their hands? Like there was even that joke about women and how they bar, like how they have like a pack of cigarettes and your phone and your shot glass and like walking around with one hand because <laughs> these are essential, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I really think that aesthetics are important when it comes to these devices. And if we're out of space in terms of tech where fridges can talk and phones can fold, why can't they be pretty? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, dude, you are literally paying good money for this tech. I want it to be nice and I want it to be something that I enjoy looking at and holding. Um, while I do understand how some brands have gone to the other route, right? Like, uh, for example, let me show you one phone. Um, this is the Realme X3 Super Zoom. It's still a very pretty phone. Mm-hmm. But this has like the 855 plus, 865. I cannot remember at the top from the top of my head, but like this is a flagship device. That's probably gonna cost like so much cheaper than um, whatever flagship phones are out there. It's still pretty, but the design looks like a mid-range phone. So this phone in particular focused on the insides versus the outsides when it comes to um, flagship specs, you know? Right. The same way that the iPhone SE focused on the insides versus the outsides when it comes to specs, right? Mm -hmm. Which I find nothing wrong with, but again, like for someone who wants something pretty, I understand that this can work well for you for a certain specific user, but at the point where technology, all of them is doing awesome, I just want this bare minimum. And if it can be pretty, I'd want that too. All right, so I have a question for you. So before we went live, you were talking about how many phones came out over there in the Philippines just like recently, like eleven phones. So knowing um, that, so knowing that there's yeah. a high rate of Android phones that come out practically every year. I mean, like oh, you got some Android mm-hmm. manufacturers that come out with a phone every six months and things like that. So my question is, do you think it will behoove brands to still con- uh, concentrate on the the aesthetics of the phone when these phones are becoming obsolete so quickly? Because in six months, you got a new one out, or in a year, there's a new one out. So, I mean, if you know the phone is going to be optimally in about a year or so, I mean, does it really behoove them to still concentrate on aesthetics, or do you, are you just like, no, they need to figure that out anyway? I think, um, one, it has to be said that although I like pretty phones, I still have a minimum standard for performance. So there's always that, because that's always a big issue. Sometimes they make pretty things, but then they're just pretty. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is, it would be perfect if I get a pretty thing that's a flagship device, but we don't get that a lot. But if I get a mid-range phone that has looks versus a phone that, you know, sort of looks okay but has the highest specs, I'm probably not gonna different notice the difference between this upper end mid-range and the flagship. I'm gonna go for the pretty ones. This is the same thing I said about my LG Velvet review. Like so many people were hating on 
how it didn't have like the highest um, specs specs when it comes to inside. But then I'm like, I get that if that's what you need on a phone, right? If you do gaming, you're gonna want that. But for a user like me, and I don't do gaming, I do like cute little games and like, I don't know, Bejeweled and stuff like that. <laughs> Animal Farm, these are like cute little things that aren't so intensive. This has enough juice to power me throughout the day. And I've always like said that the phones that I've gotten core lifestyle users interested are one the z flip mm -hmm. my sister has never cared about anything i did in my life about tech especially she does not care she saw the, the z flip and all of a sudden she wants it she's interested but because she's a type of user who wouldn't care about like the insides of a phone she cares about the form factor you know right. mm -hmm. my aunt wanted the z flip like she like she it doesn't to her it was just a pretty thing you know mm -hmm. uh the same thing with the velvet my mom wanted the velvet because it was something she felt could rep her um personality could be useful and the specs for that phone though it isn't perfect for power users probably it's still something that's enough for her needs okay yeah. So, okay. So let me just end the statement with the fact that I don't believe that there's one perfect phone. Right. I believe that there's a perfect phone for you. Uh -huh. So well, that's, that's where I'm coming from with all of this. Yeah. You make a good point though. It doesn't matter if a phone is obsolete in a year or so. I mean, most people aren't buying phones every year anyway. They're buying phones every two to three years. So yeah. if you're going to keep a phone for two to three years, then like you said, some people are more focused on the aesthetic. They want their phone to look good. They want mm -hmm. to style a profile when they go out, when they pull up at the yeah. bar and, pack they, and put their phone on the table. They want to know that, yeah, look at my phone, right? Check out my phone, right? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, again, let me show you um this phone. I mean, look at that gradient. This is less than $200. Uh. So, I mean... And there are so many things there are so many choices but it's also just it's it's moral to the manufacturers know that this um demographic exists and yeah there are a lot of people who make their choices based on looks i'm not yeah. saying you know looks is everything but right you, you no, get I, you get that. i got you i got you yeah definitely i mean hey yeah. You you if you style in a profile like Ethan is, you want your tech to style a profile too. I got you, I got you. All yeah, right, exactly. Definitely. So let's talk about the <laughs> the, the, the type of content. Uh, well, yeah, let, actually, yeah. Let's talk about the content that you make. Well, actually, I should talk about the the tech that you focus on with your content. Now, obviously, me and you are in different parts of the world. I'm in the Midwest, United States. Uh -huh. You're in the you're in the Philippines. Over yes. here. We are mostly focused on flagship mainstream phones like Apple uh, mm -hmm. iPhones and Samsung Galaxies and things like that. But over in the Philippines, I think the focus is a little bit different because you know the uh, yes. the, the economics and things like that, or whatever mm -hmm. whatever it is. So you, I know you on your channel, you cover like Xiaomi and Redmi and things like that. So yeah. what's what which phones are? I guess I should ask what phones over your way are the most popular that people gravitate towards the most. Um, so here I would say that there is a big Xiaomi Realme um, competition because, okay, mm -hmm. as opposed to the U.S., what brands do you have? Samsung, Apple, 
Moto, yep. LG. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Sony have Sony too, right? Tell me not, um, really, but yeah. <laughs> no, we we do not have LG. They've pulled out. Wow. Sony, I'm not sure if we have Sony. I've not seen them. The last time I covered them at the local event was two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So we don't have that. We, of course, have iPhones, sure. But technically, the iPhone, like technically Apple here are official resellers. We don't have official Apple in the Philippines. Oh, okay. So actually, my issue right now is I'm, a, I'm supposed to be ordering my 13-inch 2020 MacBook. It's not available on their Apple store, which mm-hmm. if I then order would ship in two weeks from probably Singapore. Uh-huh. So that's how it works here. Um, well, Samsung, we have Samsung, of course. Um, but other than that, we have Oppo, Realme, which is a sub-brand of Oppo. Oh, also, we don't have OnePlus officially. We have a r- distributor. Okay. But we don't have official OnePlus presence. So we have, uh, what is it? Oppo, Realme, Xiaomi. Uh, Vivo. So we have those Chinese brands. Um, the thing with the Philippine market is it's very similar also to the Indian market, where the budget and mid-range categories are very much alive. So as I was saying um, before we started, I think there were 11 phones between three brands last month that got launched. Wow. Um, we were just scrambling. Um, uh, it's a lot, but it's also um, it also is a market that I'm happy about because it sort of gives people choice. Like I said, um, the phone I just showed you is a two hundred uh, dollar phone, and it has what four cameras on the back. Right. This is this is a phone that functions well and. I think when it comes to my content, I always say that I cover global technology, but also supply that opinion with a very unique Asian perspective. Um, One other reviewer that I've seen do this is Ben from Ben's Gadget Reviews. Like I love his stuff because it's also stuff that I can identify with. When he reviews a certain phone, the comparisons aren't between like the existing flagships in first worlds. It it it's his opinions on tech is sort of compared to what is available in Asia. And it in Asia there's just so many. Do you guys have like, Huawei over there? Oh, we have Huawei. I actually sorry, I forgot about Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was so, I I I was just like super into like the the last launches. Um, we do have Huawei, which was also a big giant. Let me. What is that Huawei phone? So I have the P forty here. I actually have the Mate Pad that I'm supposed to do a video on. Um, but yeah, Huawei is still very big. Um, another different thing, and I've noticed this between um US and Asian um tech content is that. Sure, everyone um, works with Google, mm-hmm. but you have to realize that um, other markets outside of the U.S. are more malleable to change. So, 
sure, not having Google is a disadvantage, but we're not seeing as much opposition or as much dismissal from Asia. Because in Asia, it's it's sort of also a little bit like a culture of acquiescence. Like if you're from the Philippines, there are people who bought phones from the Chinese market only to get the best value for money that's not coming out in the Philippines and they just deal with the whatever software is in there. Mm-hmm. So to tell me that you have a perfectly functioning phone, a perfectly capable phone that doesn't run Google but gives you other alternatives is not something that's immediately shut down. Right. It's 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 weird. It's a different perspective. And having covered tech like on a global scale, it's very interesting to watch. Like it's very interesting to see opinions from people who cover certain areas of the world and like bring them in and be like, oh, so this is how it is here and it's how it is there. Right. And and you make an excellent point because here in the US, we won't touch anything that doesn't have Google services on it if it's Android. Yeah. Or like you said, where in Asia you guys are uh, the people over there are more open to a phone without Google services mm-hmm. because I think you guys are used to having more options here. In the US, basically mm-hmm. iOS and Android, and that's pretty much it. There's no other yeah. player. But I'm pretty sure outside of the US, there's other OS and things like that that people uh, are experiencing and are uh, used to and have experienced before. So they're more open to the idea of a non-Google or non-Android uh, baked device. So definitely, it's different cultures, different worlds, completely. I completely mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, and I so one of my goals really um, when it comes to my content is to be able to one represent my my take in the global conversation when it comes to tech. You know, to say that you know my priorities on phones are different. Like I like it folding this way because I have smaller hands, or I like this particular phone because I value aesthetics. But on top of that, it's also being able to represent my unique Asian perspective in the market. Uh Like, I just want to say, you know what, I get that. That's fine. But also consider this, you know? Definitely. And and on that, mm -hmm, sorry, go on. I would say it's definitely, it's always nice to be able to view things from different perspectives, definitely. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I I, I say this to... um, the people I talk with in the industry, I, I'm very grateful for um, the opportunity to be able to chat here with you um, because I recognize that a lot of the time when people don't understand your content, that is how you get ignored. And what I appreciate from content creators such as you is that you see that it's different. And instead of like, going the other direction because it's not the same thing as what you do. You completely did a 180 and went like, I want to talk about this because this is different. And that's exactly the type of energy that I want and I need and I appreciate from people. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. You are more than welcome. Um, That is the beautiful thing about the tech community and YouTube as a whole. We all come from different backgrounds, walks of life. We have different ideologies. We have different beliefs. and But there's no reason why we can't communicate and learn and have these learning opportunities to be able to examine people that do things, do, that, uh, do things differently. Um, obviously, I could never make the content that you make because my audience is mostly U.S. And they wouldn't care mm-hmm. about real me and Xiaomi phones. Not, not, I mean, some of them would, but most of them won't. But 
that that won't stop me from talking to you about your content because you're an excellent content creator and i love the style and flair that you bring to doing your content because i myself like to bring some style and flair to the way i do my content so i Dude, i, I swear I, and I just wanted to point out, like, like your energy in your videos, like that's that's something that you can't ever replace. Don't ever stop. Oh, like, no. I love it. I love it. Woo! I'm glad you went there because that that went perfectly to my next conversation point. So, the comments, Ether. The comments. You just posted. <laughs> she about to fill out her drink. She about to fill out her drink because she know where for. She know where for. Yes. Woo! The comments now. I you were asking on Twitter about uh people uh, uh commenting about your looks and appearance in your video. I get comments about my energy or I'm too loud or I don't sound sophisticated enough. So talk about the type of comment that you've been getting on your video because okay. I know it's not alive. So, okay. I get like the weirdest ass comments and it's <laughs> Yep. Like I wear a pair of shorts. I unbox like this big package that I have to be on the floor with because it's big. Like I think this was um, the pink ROG set. Like they sent me all their pink peripherals. And of course that's gonna be like in a chest, right? And then someone tells me that I'm exposing myself too much for showing my legs. I wear a tank top and someone calls me a titty streamer. Like, I mean, I'm sorry for your audience, but I'm gonna say it. I don't even have the tits to be a titty streamer. <laughs> like personally, personally, I am not mad at titty streamers because if other people can capitalize on women's bodies, what's wrong with owning it? You know, if you have the skill, then you should be able to do it. No hate there. I respect the hustle. You do you. I'm not saying I'm going to consume your content. I'm just saying I don't, I will fight for your right to make it. So I shoot in front of a, of a mirror. And I do that because I want people to see like, the back of the phone when i hold it out and show it right. and like when i do my camera tours when i do the zooms i like them to see the difference between the actual thing i'm trying to zoom out dude i got a comment saying that i was just trying to um get simps why like i was shooting in front of the mirror so that i could show my body and find simps or like <laughs> um I, wow. so i was like what is going on? Why is this person so mad? And then he was mad at the fact that I was overly excited over a phone color. And I'm like, obviously, you've not seen my other videos because right. I'm always overly excited over phone colors. Yep. Um, uh, so, I mean, on the other side of that, I get comments about like people who are overly excited over how I look. So it goes both ways. Like I get hate for being who I am and then I get so much excitement and it's just it's bad so I will always say this um Joshua knows this all too well but like I have weirdly incredibly thick skin like I honestly don't care about what they say because I am good like imagine dealing I'm kidding <laughs> wait, 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 what did you just say you were your what <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay with myself. Like, I, God gave me this. I'm fine. Um, personally, sometimes I feel like I should care more. But what bothers me about comments is not so much what they tell me, but it's the fact that they feel entitled to tell me that's right. something that pisses me off. It's like, even if, okay, 
for example, I work so hard on this video, this review, and someone tells me, oh my gosh, you're so sexy. And I'm like, to, to that person, it, he expects me to thank him for that compliment. And like, to be honest, I don't care. But why do you have to talk about like my legs or my, my body when obviously this is a video talking about a phone, you know? Like, yep. why do you feel entitled to throw me this compliment and then expect me to be thankful about it? I agree. That is mainly what pisses me off. It's like, and then people go like, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. I'm like, bro, I'm responding to what you said. You can't take the heat. You know? Oh, wait, wait, wait. How they gonna tell you to get out of your kitchen? It's your kitchen. <laughs> I know. I'm like, first of all, I'm cooking. Secondly, get out. So, Boom. There I mean, you go. Right, right. Half of the time, I post these comments because aside from the fact that I am so annoyed at people feeling entitled to give me their opinions as if it matters to me because it really does not. Yeah. Um, I do it so that women creators can see that we can fight back. Like it's not so much for the people writing the comments. It's for women who want to be, who want to speak out, but aren't as thick skinned as I am. Because right. I mean, I, I really am. Like you can throw insults at me and I'd laugh at your face. It's like, I- She is savage out here, you I mean, first of all, look at you and then look at me. Oh, 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 so, oh, oh. <laughs> so, this is- um, Damn. I mean, dude, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying I really don't care about that shit opinion, you know? With all due respect, I am not arguing, okay? You will get no argument from me, baby. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I, I just, and I, I, I just, I, and I always say this, I always take constructive criticism. I am not perfect. I have made mistakes on my videos and I have been comments of people pointing out these mistakes. I have corrected myself because of people pointing out these things. But you know, if it's something I worked hard for, and all you tell me is that, girl, your roots are showing. Oh, all I'm gonna say is that it's been showing for a while. That's the whole point. I don't care. <laughs> and two, and then what? You know, I mean, of course, I'm only giving you the nicer comments because <laughs> the mean ones, I don't think I should be saying like in public right, because right. there are mean ones. Oh, right? I'm sure. You know what? I'm, yeah, I, so I can't really say anything about this. I'm going to tell you what Shannon just said in the chat. Shannon says, don't let anyone else tell you what to wear or how to dress. They will judge you regardless of what you do. Couldn't have said it better exactly. myself. Exactly. Yes. So like, actually, I remember that comment I got about showing my legs. My response to that was that I almost shot a video, a whole review in a bikini just because I was pissed. <laughs> but then I was like, you know, I don't have a beach trip and it's like, I'm, just, I'm lazy. I'm not going to give them that effort, but I have shot a review in a bikini. So it's like, who at this point, right? Like, <laughs> do y'all hear the savagery? Do y'all hear the savagery that's going on on the podcast? This is the next level savagery. She's like, you know what? Damn your comments. I'm going to shoot this review in a bikini and you deal with it. Damn. Oh my God. 
God. Bow the queen, Ether. We gonna bow the queen tonight, baby. Woo! I, I honestly don't like being told what to do with my content. Um, there is a reason why I'm trying to create content for the non-traditional tech crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to create content for me. And if this super techie person gives me unsolicited advice about how I should make my content so that it would better suit his needs, I'm really not listening. <laughs> like you, I, nor should you. You shouldn't listen. Yeah, I, I res- so that's why it's also like it's also very I am also very appreciative for like creators who try to understand what I do and give me advice in the context that I need. Like there are so many. I I love that. I love the input. But if you're a guy who just clicked on a thumbnail and is telling me like to talk about like benchmarks, like I get and I get this a lot. They go, this is such a bad review. You're just talking about the camera. Literally the title is blank 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 phone camera tour unboxing and like my always my response to that is like literally this isn't a review and then some stupid (laughs) (laughs) these people do not read the title half the time they don't even watch the damn video so i completely get where you're coming from with that i you know what's worth it though eat the worth it when they will come down to the comment section and they will ask a question that i clearly answered in the video i'm like did you watch the video? Like, I answered this. <laughs> exactly. No, for real. And I'm just like, Lord. I mean, if people just took a second to actually look for the answers to their own questions, it would help everyone so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just bad, really. And you know, I tweeted out. Um, a question you mentioned that I tweeted out a question asking if male tech reviewers got these comments, and so I, I think it's a general consensus that people can be crap online. Um, it is a general consensus, but I think it was um snubs who pointed out that yes, we all get comments, but women specifically get unsolicited comments on quality or or like um one thing she pointed out was like people could say that you are too good looking to like tech or probably um sleeping with your co-host and like i i totally get that like one i think i'm just lucky because i'm with someone in the tech community that um will defend me no matter what so like i'm in a relationship with someone so that sort of closes off like some people from commenting like weird stuff you know what i mean right because i'm already with this person which is sad like it's a different conversation altogether about how other men will back off just because they see you're with another man that's a whole different conversation (laughs) i don't agree with that but for me right now it's something that i'm seeing is the case like once they see i'm in a relationship with someone they sort of like shut up so i'm in an actually i'm actually in a privileged position but at the same time I get comments about just being in tech because my boyfriend's in tech. And in fact, I met him at the tech show. We were both covering that tech show, which is why we met. And then people, I've I've gotten comments from people saying that I'm only doing tech because I'm dating Joshua. You obviously don't know, like I, I have a vlog on how we met. You can watch that. 
But you know, I don't think I'll I'll get that if I were a man in this space dating another woman doing thick, you know? You're probably right. Yeah. Right? So so now all of a sudden I'm this girl who does not get tech but is only creating tech content because I'm dating a tech YouTuber and it's like bruh no <laughs> you know what you know what you know what I usually try to keep these podcasts to an hour but I'm having way too much fun I don't know what your schedule is Ethan but if you have more time I'm gonna keep going oh, I'm okay I'm okay I'm we're, we're good we're good oh, we, we're good because I'm having way too much fun with this we're gonna we're going in overtime damn it the podcast is going into overtime damn that <laughs> I cannot believe that people actually come at you with the fact that you're only doing tech because your boyfriend does tech. I'm like, have you seen her content? It is completely different from Josh and content. They do two yeah. separate different things on YouTube. That's not even a, they don't even do the same content. What are you talking about? I, I I honestly I honestly just don't know where this hostility is coming from because I aside from the fact that I get mean comments about that, I also get mean comments just about the fact that everything in my videos are um, girly. I can't, I have, there's a Tagalog word. Uh, it's maarte. And the Filipinos in the chat, if there are any, would know what maarte means. But roughly translated, it's like they're saying it's too much, it's too girly. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why people get so mad that my content is the way it is. Because honestly, man, if you see a thumbnail with a girl with pink hair, with text that's in like pink or bright pink, talking about cameras, like what did you expect? Did you expect benchmarks? You clicked on this thumbnail. It's literally on a fur table with a girl selfie. The girl has pink hair. It says camera tour. Did you expect me? To do benchmarks here. This is very confusing to me. Let me let me let me try to chime in on this a little bit. So I completely get where you're coming from, even though I'm not a girl, obviously, but I get the same vibe that you get. When people watch my videos, they're like, You're so loud, you're shouting. This is not how tech is supposed to be presented. Blah blah blah. Why can't you be more straight to the point? Why can't you be more like monotone and boring and give us the information? Why you gotta be all like have your personality in a video, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, man, there are thousands of regular monotone tech channels out there for you if I'm not your cup of tea. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to lose sleep over this. I'm not going to change who I am because you're uncomfortable because you think I'm too excited or too loud. Listen, man, when you come to Viper channel, when you come to my channel, you're going to get your tech cut like a WWE promo. If you can't deal with that, I got two words for you, which I can't say on the podcast, but y'all know where I'm going with this. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I completely agree. Exactly that. I'm like, dude, I start my videos with, hello, you beautiful people. If with that greeting, you don't feel beautiful. If with that greeting in your heart of hearts, you feel the need to say, girl, you suck. This video is probably not for you. <laughs> and with all due respect, I don't think I need your opinion. You know, Ooh, it's like. Tell them. Tell them. Mm. I, it's again i'm just thankful that a lot of the men in the tech industry are very respectful and open um mostly the problem i get 
in terms of treatment I get from anonymous commenters in the tech space, in the creator space. And I've said this over and over in this podcast, everyone's been so accepting. And this is why, like, this is why it's been such a challenge grasping my brain around this. Like, if the actual people making the content are so accepting, I don't know why these anonymous people are so mean. Like, let me give you one specific instance. Um, I have a Facebook page and I posted this photo wearing um, a wearable, a smart band. Mm-hmm. And when I do my smart band reviews, I sort of talk about how it looks because I mean, if I'm going to have something on my wrist, it has to look nice with my outfits. Right. So I posted a photo of it like, I think it was from my shoulders or under my mouth. And then the cut was like above my knee. So that was the photo. It was a, it was an outfit photo with a band mm-hmm. sometimes from my side of the world what the brands do is they boost the post of the creator right so instead of like paying an ad what they do is they look at what people have made on their on their um device and they boost it dude i kid you not i got swarmed by comments objectifying me and then blaming me for posting a fit a photo of a band with my body. Like I like so all of a sudden all the these sexual innuendos and then all of a sudden it was my fault for posting the photo in the first place. So okay, at this point I was raging. At this point I was screenshotting photos of the comments and sending to mothers workplaces schools. So that was fun. Man. <laughs> um, so I did that. Um, it was more of you can't do this. I create my content for women. This post was for women, and for you to come into my space and comment all these profanities is not okay. Um, so that happened. But if you think about it, though, these people, some of them were saying it was my fault. They were getting screenshots from other tech publications saying this is how you should have done it. Mm-hmm. I. I was so done with it. I messaged because I knew the people they were screenshotting from. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I went like, you know what? He's my friend. He tells me it's fine. What are you talking about? Like these people legit showed up and said, no, Isa, there's nothing wrong with your content. You do you. So these people giving me links to other people, I just go like, they literally just told me it was fine. So what, what are you on about? Right, right. And so I just find it so weird that the actual creators themselves have no problem with it. And your, it's. You want to know why? Because at Creator, we understand how hard and how much work goes into making the content that we make. That, I think that's one of the main reasons why creators are more supportive of each other. But because we're in the inner sanctum, we know what, what amount of effort it takes to put out a video from front to back. It's a lot of effort that mm-hmm. we know. So we're, of course, we're going to be more supportive. But people on the outside looking in, they have no idea the time and the effort that goes into putting out the content. And plus they have that anonymity behind them so they don't have to face consequences for their actions. So they feel more brave to say whatever they want to say because they know nothing's going to happen to them. Would they say that stuff to you on the streets? Hell no, because they don't want to catch that smoke. But at Creative, we're more supportive because obviously, like I said, we know what goes into making the content. But I got an interesting question for you, though. Um, You just said that your content is for women. What about the men? Like, what, 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 so, what, what do we do? <laughs> so, I mean, I 
initially I wanted it to be just women, but then I realized that it wasn't just women who were the lifestyle audiences. Like there are a lot of men who aren't into it in the most techy way, you know? Uh-huh. And um, so that's like also something I'm slowly shifting into. Like it's not the de- a delineation between the sexes. It's just I, bet if you, uh, I bet if you looked at your analytics, you have more men watching your content within women. Yes. So um, I, this is also another constant struggle. Let me just share this a little bit. Um, okay. I remember starting my channel and coming up with travel-based content because that really was the thrust of my channel, except we can't really do that right now. Um, right. I remember it was an Asus Zenfone 6 video. I had like a pink Vivo phone unboxing, and then I had like a Japan tour with the Asus Zenfone 6. Dude, I remember the first month I was shooting, like the analytics was giving me 100% male and I was just disappointed every time. Um, Right now I'm at, wait, let me do the math, 65.35. Last wow. month it was like 60.40, which, so it's, so this is my constant struggle now, like it fluctuates. So last month I had a way better percentage because it was like 40, 60, which is, I mean, I, I, I try to keep that, but it's, it's still very hard to find ways. Um, but it's also, I find that men will consume tech content. Like the techies will consume tech content if it's there. Yep. So I, I try to cater to the more lifestyle side if that makes sense. Um, I have no qualms with people watching my content, even if they're not the audience I intended them for. I just don't want your unsolicited negative opinion. <laughs> Keep I mean, your opinion to yourself, punk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, but yeah, um, I, I was very surprised to learn that there are a lot of men too who aren't as into the techie specifics. I mean, you know, I think your thumbnail. So I'm just going to politely say that, that looking at your thumbnail, you are going to get men to watch your content. It just, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but yeah. it's going to happen. Not to mention the fact that I think YouTube is a male dominated platform anyway. Uh-huh. So you, there are more men on the platform than anybody anyway. So your, your ratio is going to be more men than women anyway. So don't forget the men. Don't, don't forget the boys. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. Um, mm-hmm. But I always say this is also one of the reasons why I speak out when I do. Because if this message, if my message to women is that you will get this shit and it's not okay, the men watching should be able to take cues and and see how much it bothers women. Right. Yep. I feel privileged enough to be in a space where even if I am new, even if my opinion is different, I am able to talk to people like you who have platforms, who have a voice. And I am hopefully able to get your respect. And if I'm able to do that, if I'm able to talk to someone in this community and have them listen to me, hopefully other people will follow suit. No doubt. You you definitely got my respect and I'm pretty sure you got the respect of a lot of people in the creative community. And if you ever run into a problem with a creator that is disrespecting, you let me know and we'll deal with it. I promise you, I promise you we'll deal with it quickly. It won't, it won't happen long. So earlier this year, before everything got out of control with the pandemic, 
you were at the uh, 2020. So you were. You I'm were, sorry, I was what? Sorry. I said you were at the uh, 2020 yeah. earlier this year. Yes. Uh, so talk about your appearance at the uh, this year. Um, this year I didn't wear heels to the show, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> good move. Very um, good move. I mean, my first CES, I wore heels, and then my feet were dying after day one, and everyone was like, why are you wearing heels? Because And then I'm like, because it's cute, but it's killing me, but it's cute. Um, <laughs> CES 2020 this year, it was a very interesting CES. Um, let's talk about it like in terms of uh, my personal experience first. It was a very interesting CS for me and Joshua because it was the first CS that we covered as ourselves. Oh, okay. So this is the last CSs where I ran around trying to cover stuff because it was work and trying to get everything in. Like this year it was a conscious decision to sort of actually enjoy the show. Like I always said that CS is the worst reason to be in vegas because everyone's having fun but you are just working sleep deprived tired um so this year it was i mean we were still sleep deprived and tired and i still got sick after and then you know all, all those other stuff my face started leaking after the show i was just dead but it was so nice because we went there we tried to enjoy the show we did a scavenger hunt with qualcomm ran around um it was an awesome experience because as a creator it was sort of the landmark for me where i shifted from i can do whatever the fudge i want now <laughs> like, i remember standing there and going like if i don't cover this we're good and we shouldn't because this is our story now you know my story to tell so it was fun um at the same time um joshua and i like what i love about our our dynamic is that as you've mentioned we have different content mm -hmm. but we work so well as a team together so what happens is when you ask us to come it's basically us to working as a unit but creating separate content for it so it's always been fun um i think it's so weird because my relationship with joshua is so used to working like sometimes we have to actually tell ourselves to stop working and actually just chill and enjoy and go on a date because we are so used to just like being together and working um but yeah ces has been fun it's sad because i went there thinking this is just the first of this year but then obviously all other stuff has been canceled yeah right so um i sort of miss the crazy hustle but at the same time we know it's for the best um definitely let me go back to your question cs this year <laughs> i mean one thing that i've noticed about shows is that little by little they have also recognized in their own little way that the lifestyle audience is a big deal um, I'm not sure if you know this, but CS last this year, sorry, this year had a sexual health and wellness. I heard that, yeah. And you had a separate one. And this was the result of last year's controversy yep. um, about the sex toy that they awarded and then took back. So for me, just seeing stuff like this grow at a 
tech show, man. At a tech show where people are usually like so very specific on the technicalities, mm-hmm. you have these brands sprouting out and championing um, sexual awareness and stuff like that. It's it's the little things, it's the little details that are changing. Um, I remember last year CS one noteworthy. Uh, uh observation was that there was so much beauty tech and josh was saying this didn't used to happen i walk into like a showstoppers or was it a pepcom and there were booths and booths lined up for like the skincare hair care color care i remember walking in and then joshua left me at that venue because he was just like i'm done we're going to the next thing and i'm just like nope i'm not done we're doing i'm still i'll meet you there because this (laughs) this was my jam but it's just amazing how little by little you see the differences and the growth in terms of like the less traditional techie things. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it is the consumer electronics show. I mean, like you said, they have all types of tech there that held uh, one year. They have machines that fold your laundry. Uh, they had the impossible burger. So it's like all sorts of stuff to see. Yeah. But, uh, tech, we need to uh, ask a question in the chat that I'll get into. Um, talk about the competition that you and Josh won the uh, Qualcomm competition. <laughs> you uh, you got beat Kevin and Andrew, I think, during that competition. Um, we got super into it. It was weird. Uh, we got <laughs> super competitive. Um, like I think the winning. Okay, first of all, when they announced the winners, we one we thought we didn't win. Two, when they announced the winners, and it was apparent that it was us, we thought we'd won by like a few points. It was like by a lot. We, <laughs> <laughs> I think we overcompensated. Basically, is what happened because at some point, like it was, it was Andrew and Kevin falling in line at the shuttle to get to the next venue, right? Because it was a scavenger hunt, mm-hmm. dude. We saw them fall in line, and we were like, "These fools wasting their time falling in line." <laughs> <laughs> We, Joshua and I, with all our gear and our backpacks, decided to run to the other venue. And <laughs> there is the reason why there were shuttles. It wasn't near. But right. no, we were like, <laughs> guys. we get there and I'm like, I'm barely catching my breath, right? I'm still trying to be cute, barely catching my breath. <laughs> um. It was fun. It, it was one of those things where I feel like it's awesome because the brand let us do something fun and different. Mm-hmm. One. Also, two, so many Qualcomm-powered things. What the heck? <laughs> the most obscure things, too, right? Right. It's like, I think it gives, I mean, that was great on the brand for planning that because you then realize that you're right. Everything is powered. Like a lot of the things that we have on the market are powered by this brand. And it's it's not something that you always see. I mean, outside of phones, it's not like they say that this has a Qualcomm chip in it, right? Right. But at the same time, like there were vacuums, man. Vacuums. Wow. All right. So just just to, uh, just to reiterate to for those of y'all are listening, um, the content that she was involved in at CEF was a, a content put on by Qualcomm. She had to, I think they had a capture her to identify yeah. all the products that are made or are mm-hmm. or have been influenced by Qualcomm or have Qualcomm yeah. uh tech in it. So yeah. that's where that's where her and uh Joshua ran around, Thea trying to locate 
So what was the most obscure product that you found out that Qualcomm with tech was inside of? For me, it was really the vacuum. Because I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> the thing that sucks has a chip. It's that smart? <laughs> but what is, what is I, like, I get the phone. I get oh, this I get the routers. <laughs> the thing that is literally licking my floor has a chip. <laughs> Joshua just takes it because he is so used to me, like oh getting mind blown by the sheer amount of weird things that oh I see. Like Joshua has been in this so long that like he sort of rolls with it. Oh Meanwhile, God. I'm here running around getting amazed at every small stupid thing. Right. I'm excited over what the blowout I'm getting because of a new um hair dryer i'm excited because this this vacuum acts like a tiny dog i'm excited because that <laughs> thing is pink like it's 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 just it's a common theme <laughs> she literally said the thing that licked my floor has a qualcomm <laughs> is it not what it does though it is <laughs> You think about it. Vacuums are just things that make you floor. That's really like one of those like explaining oh what it does in the worst possible way. Me, huh? I can't. I can't uh, breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> I mean, I have never heard it talked about that way before. You're right, but it's just hilarious to hear you say it like that. Like, here, look at my floor. <laughs> No, and okay, I've also noticed this. Oh, if God. you're non-techie, sometimes you explain things in like really weird ways. Like for example, a friend of mine was like the photos that move. Like what I mean the photos that move. Like the ones they put on the website that move. And I'm like, so you mean videos? She's like, no, they're photos, but they move. Like, what are we talking about? Here? You know what she's talking about? GIFs. <laughs> yeah, that's what she was talking about. She's talking about chips. And I'm like, okay, wait, yes, they are photos that move. But if you tell like a person, like a techie, you go like the photos that move, they're gonna be like, right? Oh, what? Or right. or or um, what is the other thing? Like, let's say for example, uh, the S Pen. For example, like, dude, I, I kid you not, the very first time I did an unpack, like this was remotely, I didn't know what an S Pen was. So imagine being at the note briefing and we going like, excuse me, what is an S Pen? <laughs> <laughs> With all the Samsung people presenting and me going like, S Pen is what? What is the S Pen? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's it's sometimes it's also a thing that I try to do on my videos. It's like when you're in tech, you you sort of forget that these are techie terms. Right. Yep. Right. Like if if you watch a video, you're, what? Like for example, I, I had another friend who wanted a three sixty camera. Mm -hmm. 
but she didn't know what a 360 camera was. All she saw was that I was able to shoot this really nice Instagram photo of me with cherry blossoms because I had a 360 camera. Right. Like, I think the non-techie um, crowd is more that way. You sort of have to show them how it will fit in their lives versus saying this is what it can do. Because I remember I've had this 360 camera. I was talking about what it could do, and she never cared. And then she saw this really nice Instagram photo of me with the cherry blossoms, and she was like, I don't care. I want that. I'll buy that. How much is that? It's, it's, it's a different switch in your brain. And I remember yeah. going back to her going, like, remember the camera you want, the 360 camera? And she's like, what's a 360 camera? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I need that thing which gives you the nice background. Um, lately, I've myself been focusing more on trying to be like, more uh, relatable to the the non-techie person because mm -hmm. like you said a lot of times when we're doing tech video we're using uh jargon like 120 hertz refresh rate or mm -hmm. a12 bionic chip or five uh, uh six uh, gigabytes of ram but the average non-techie doesn't know what any of that means so it's up to us as creators to be more uh to explain that stuff and make it more relatable mm -hmm. to the average consumer definitely yeah yeah i mean um I my friends don't know what a processor is. Right. To be honest, they don't know who Qualcomm or MediaTek is. There you go. But like any girl who've asked me about phones have asked about colors. Colors specifically. They've asked about selfie cameras. A big question that I get a lot is social media integration what will this android phone look like when i post stories on instagram mm -hmm. that that's what they ask about it's never what's the trip the power is it right the refresher you know it's like i get that that's important but it's also like <clears throat> you will never see me try to measure this on my videos because i mean look at me <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, this this is great. Oh my God, but uh, man, Ethan. Oh my God, this probably has been one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Oh, Thank you so much. That's so nice. Thank you. I had so much fun too. And we we are definitely doing this again sometime. No doubt about it. Definitely, definitely. I I'll figure out a way to get this looking <laughs> like that. Um, I'll get there. It's no, no, no. D damn that. Look, listen, 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 man. I, I need to be the better looking one because you already look like a thousand times better than me anyway. So if you got your, oh if you got a right God. setup, if you got a good setup, then you're going to be blowing me out the water. I can't have that. So you keep your <laughs> webcam. You keep your damn webcam. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to show up next time with, um, what do you call this? The s'mores frap and some shades. Oh, the, wait, wait. You got the s'mores frap? What was it? What was it? The what was it? The 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 Starbucks drink you always drink? Yeah, I've yeah. always been curious. I've never tried it. I don't think we have that version here. What? I was like, yeah. Um, I'm not sure we have it. Like we have weird stuff like matcha espresso latte or um passion fruit hibiscus cold brew. What? I don't think we have s'mores. You walk into your local Starbucks and let them know that Viper said they need to s'more wrap immediately. Get that, get on that. What is, what is going? On? It's summertime, and get get on that. Yeah, I mean, I because I mean, I dude, um, oh I've mean, obviously not been to Starbucks, but so I just have cups now. <laughs> but um, oh, yeah, yeah, I've always been curious because you've always posted about it. I'm like, this this has oh, to be. It's so good. It is literally bad. You you need to have some.
if we ever meet up in the stage, we, me and you are going to Starbucks. We, we, we make oh, that yeah, happen. We're making that happen. Before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you at. Um, I'm on YouTube. That's Isa, Isa Does Tech. <clears throat> you can just Google that, Isa Does Tech. Uh, you'll find someone with pink hair. That, that's, that's me. Um, on Instagram and on Twitter, it's at Cisa Said. And then I also have a tiny page. I just started it. It's Isa Does Tech. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm just replying to tweets and posting Instagram stories and, you know, say hi. <laughs> definitely, definitely go check her out. Shout out to those y'all that listen this week on audio. Thank you for listening to another episode of Vibe Job with me and Ethan this week. I appreciate you guys rocking out each and every episode. If you want to follow Ethan, her channels and her Twitter, all of that will be in the show notes. If you want to support or donate to the podcast, please check the show notes for that information. Nothing required, but anything that you can do will be greatly appreciated. Also, if you happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcast, please consider leaving a rating or review so we can get this podcast back into the top 200 of tech podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So please, if you're on audio, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please consider doing that. I appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Bike Drive. But until the next time, people... This your boy, Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more.